Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Finding Purpose with Melanie, the podcast. I am so excited for today because we are going to have a conversation with me, the author. I love answering questions based on my own life experience, and I love asking you all questions about your life experience because we all have a story that matters. So, my mindfulness opener today is just a really brief story. Last night, I decided, and it was beautiful outside. It's been warm the last couple days. And if you live in Wisconsin or the Midwest or experience winters, you have to really be grateful that we still have a little bit of warmth because the cold is on its way. Winter is coming. So I have felt really distracted by technology lately. Like my mind has been just really wanting to be absorbed and I've been feeling the effects of that. So I wanted to take a moment and Ryan Holiday, who I really love, he's written some really great books, The Obstacle is the Way, The Ego is the Enemy, Stillness is Key. And in Stillness is the Key, He really talks about the need to have time where we aren't being stimulated by input. And last night, I decided to go for a walk by the the lake, and there's like this moldy pond. You all know the pond I'm talking about. And there was one activity that that we often talk with clients about doing, about learning how to live in the present moment, quieting our minds. And that's the activity of 54321, where we utilize our five senses and we take a moment to just observe our environment. And I did that last night. So it was five things that you can see, four things that you can hear, uh, three things that you can touch, two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can taste. And I chose to actually intentionally do that And I actually felt, and then followed by just 10 deep breaths, really centered, really, really grounded. And I slept a lot better. So I want to invite you to give that a try and actually really do it. So really, really do it. Five, four, three, two, one, tuning into your senses. Because when you tune into that, it really can help quiet your mind. And uh, it felt really nice. So that's going to be my mindfulness today. So we are going to jump right the fuck into today's podcast because I'm excited about it. I'm excited about a lot of things. I'm usually just an excited person uh, by life. So we're going to dive right in. And this question says, you talk a lot about love languages. Can you explain a little bit more about that and what is your love languages? So love languages is very important. It's very important in our relationships. It's very important to know introspectingly what our love language is that we receive love from and also how we give love. So the love languages were created by Gary Chapman and they were created to help us better understand how each one of us gives love, and how we receive love in relationships. 
The five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and gift giving. So kind of breaking these down a little bit, and I'm going to repeat that. So if you're taking notes, write it down. Words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and gift giving. So to begin, words of affirmation may look like those random texts throughout the day. Texts like, I was thinking about you. It's really about using language to express your feelings for another person. Moving forward is quality time. I like to think about quality time as it's the vibe. It's just being in each other's company. Maybe that's watching movies together or as simple as just getting coffee But it's really this idea of being in each other's space without needing to have an agenda or even at times language. So just that essence of being together. Physical touch. Yes, it can be intimate, but it can also be those random hugs, that hand holding, maybe just uh, putting your arm around your guy friend, uh, grabbing someone's waist, kissing, I like to describe physical touch as closing the distance with someone. Acts of service. So acts of service really include this idea of doing things to show someone that you love them. So filling up their gas tank, bringing someone lunch, getting the car fixed, picking up the children because you've had a long day, asking what you need and going to get it from the store. Acts of service is very active and it's a very doing love language for me. In addition, I think that acts of service is a love language that we need to recognize in value a little bit more because sometimes it can be overlooked and taken for granted. I also see in some of the polarities between feminine and masculine energies without gender being assigned that masculine energy may show love um, through acts of service a little bit more. And then lastly is gift giving. I like to think about this as I was thinking about you and I wanted to give you this. It's really about things that are tangible, things that have meaning, things that we can really hold in our hands. So with the love languages, it's important to understand that how I love you may not be how you love me and that how I love you really needs to be tailored on how you receive love. I see a lot of times with couples, you may have someone in the relationship or maybe the love is kind of fizzling away because what could be happening amongst a couple different variables, but one could be that we're not loving the person the way that they receive love. And this is not to be judgmental at all, but it's to say, okay, how I need love and how I receive love may not be how I have been showing this person love because I've been thinking that me doing, for example, acts of service is me showing that I love them. But if their love language is words of affirmation and you haven't been telling your fine dime how fucking dope they are, that 
can cause incongruence or disalignment. So it's super important. And I think that we really need to bring love languages into common language, ask people what their love language is so that we can love each other the way that we need to be loved. So for me, who the fuck wants to know this? God damn it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, for me, I would say I love words of affirmation. I love all the little cliche things. Um, damn, baby, you are so fine. Um, I love those, you know, I was thinking about you, uh, little, little things like that. I really love feeling supported and motivated and encouraged. Um, so that is super important to me. But what we also need to recognize is that sometimes we need a little bit of everything. So love languages are not to be rigid. They're not to be um, understood as permanent, but ever-changing as well. So for example, what I found was, yes, words of affirmation are really important to me, but you know, I recognized that I also enjoy physical touch as well, especially during this time when everything is so socially distanced. It's kind of nice to receive a hug. In fact, if someone, well, I wouldn't say this, but metaphorically, if someone was giving out free hugs, I might just go and hug that motherfucker if the coronavirus wasn't so, you know, big and booming right now. So, The reason that I bring all of this up is I talk a lot about love languages because they're very important and they make they make sense. And again, bringing your unconscious doing your unconscious behavior, behaviors that you do without even realizing, bringing them into the consciousness, because when we we don't have any access to our unconscious mind, but what we do have access to is our conscious mind, and in our conscious mind is where change happens. So, thank you. Okay, moving on to question number two. What is some important advice that you'd give to yourself now that you are an adult? There's a lot of advice I would give myself, and... There is a couple of moments of my life that I have just chosen to give myself an erase card, and I just decided to erase that. You know, uh, like we're playing Monopoly, you get one get out of jail free card, and uh, I definitely give that to other people as well. However, I will say that when I was in high school, I used to have this high school teacher named Miss Thomas. And if you went to Rufus King, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Because she is very unique and you would not forget Miss Thomas. However, she used to have the sign in her room that said, believe in yourself. And it was like a big poster. I'm almost wondering, like, was Martin Luther King on that? Um, But what she would do in her classroom was on the first floor, right across from the gym. So she would go out of the classroom and she she would make us pretty much yell, believe in yourself. And I would always just feel like so silly about doing it, but she just made us do it sometimes like 10 times in a row. And what's so interesting is it's actually become something that is very important to me and that I recognize 
we're not going to be great at everything right away. We just have to believe in our ability that we can learn. There is going to be so many times in our lives that we're going to have to show up as beginners. And when we start off as beginners, our confidence can be really weak. We can feel insecure because competence, so learning how to do something and learning how to do it well, brings confidence. But when we show up to the starting line as a beginner, believing in yourself that you can learn and that this is all about the process is super important. So I think just believing in myself has been a really important life lesson for me. I would also say that learning to set boundaries is super important And we're not taught about boundaries in life. And essentially what boundaries are saying is it's how we allow ourselves to be treated from other people, but then also ourselves. And I feel like with boundaries comes learning to be a little bit more assertive. So learning to say, hey, like I'm not into that you know, I'm not going to kick it with you anymore, whatever that might be. Or, hey, like, relationships and friendships are a give and take, and I'm just not feeling that. I'm not feeling this. You know, it's really about honoring your own needs and setting that boundary. So that's also something that I would say as well. So moving forward, let's see. The next question is what is your view on relationships and what do you think are some important tips to thriving relationships? Well, I think that we're about to enter cuffing season and don't just get into a relationship because you don't have a warm enough blanket. Go to Target and get your ass a blanket. I think relationships are hard work and we're not told that. And in the beginning, it doesn't seem like hard work because our brain is being flooded with dopamine and oxytocin And we're projecting and visualizing our goals and dreams on somebody. And sometimes our brain gets a little bit clouded because we aren't actually really seeing the person. So I think that it's important to understand that they are hard work. And that is a good thing. So expect there to be challenges But what's most important is that you learn how to become a superhero team. You learn how to be a tag team. When I think about relationships, I think about me and somebody learning how to salsa dance together. And we're going to our classes with our teacher. And in the beginning, we suck. And, you know, our cha-cha-cha is off. You're stepping on my feet, I'm stepping on your feet, I'm sweating, I don't like this, why can't you understand this? Maybe they're frustrated with me. (sighs) It gets really fucking real. But the more that we, we keep showing up to the lesson, right? We keep showing up, yes, we're not getting our salsa dancing down on the first time, but we're still showing up to our dance class, we're still showing up to life, Eventually, what we're going to find is that we're going to learn how to move together. And I think that what happens in our world is we think that we need to meet somebody and learn how to salsa dance metaphorically with them right away. But that's not true. 
We have to learn to vibe with another human being. And each human being that we choose to vibe with is going to require us to be a little bit different and to show up to the starting line in different ways. So I would say relationships are hard work, but they're also really awesome because Neo would never have been able to make it if Trinity was not flying that spacecraft with his eyes burnt out. He couldn't even see. And she got him there. So I think partnerships are super, super dope. But they're hard work and they require us to um, be invested. You know, be invested and expect turbulence. I also think that relationships are really unique to each person. And it's important to view somebody in a new light in a, and in a great light. Because isn't it so nice when you have someone who thinks that you're really amazing? You can just thrive better. But if you're in a relationship where they don't view you as that great, you should never have to try to prove your worth to somebody, especially if that's your partner. I don't, I don't agree with that. So they should just think already that you're an amazing person. And also practice forgiveness and humanness as well because we can't expect the perfect relationship and we shouldn't expect someone to be perfect either. I love this quote that says, I accept apologies 365 days a year. So also just know that, um, yeah, I accept apologies 365 days a year. I recognize the humanness in other people. And lastly, about relationships, there's so much that I could say. And I have so many different bullet points that I really did want to cover, but I don't want to cover everything. I want to keep you all engaged. I think aligning to values is really important. So for me, health and fitness is something that is really the top of my chart and I really love being able to spend time with someone and doing these activities together. I recently found that out a couple months ago. I think it's important to share things that are important to you. I also think that it's important to allow someone and for you to want to do it is to get to know what people love. So if someone invites you, for example, Let's say you're not really an artist, but they invite you to go painting, you know, um, doing activities for somebody or they really like watching rugby or whatever it could be, like showing up and being curious about what other people love. I think that's really important, too. Um, lastly, I'm going to say that you have to have your own identity when you're not solid in your own identity, oftentimes you're going to see two people merge into one, which can have challenges because of the codependency there, where all of a sudden, if you don't have a strong identity of the self, your emotions are going to be dictated on another person's actions and behaviors. What I always like to say to people, and also something that I remind myself, is that I am in control of my thoughts, my behaviors, and my emotions. What I don't have control over is your thoughts, your actions, and your emotions. So work on having your own sense of identity. And I would almost say doing that, taking the time to do that before you enter into a relationship so that two people independently can form that secure attachment 
as we've talked about in the previous podcast. With secure attachment, with identity of self, two people can coexist, but they can also exist in the world as one and that we're not trying to merge. I'd say that relationships, we all have our own life path, but what we're choosing to do is walk side by side on our own individual life path and co-create and be on each other's team. Also, you need to have a partner who's on your motherfucking team, okay? Someone that you can trust, someone who is down, someone that you can keep it real with, keep it 100 with, because when shit is getting real in life, you need your partner to have your back. You know, I almost think about it as like partners in crime. I'll just use this example. But like if I do a double wink at you, I need you to know what that means. Or if I need you to have my back on something, I need you to get to know me and to know how to do that. So, um Try to be honest and as best as you can. And if you're not an honest person and you lack integrity, I always want to say you can change. You can change. So like I said, I accept apologies 365 days a year. So I've really enjoyed answering these questions with you. I'm going to go ahead and answer one last one for you all and that is a miscellaneous question so what is important for beginning your journey into self-development so self and self-development and self-improvement is very important and i think that everyone needs to take on that quest themselves whatever that looks like there are six domains of wellness and it's important that as an individual you're able to identify those those of wellness, and then being able to begin the development. So if you want to become a better person, you can, but you have to want to, and you have to allow yourself space to fuck up and not be perfect because you're learning. But I think that what's most important about self-development is understanding that there are going to be times when you have to shed your skin like a snake And you have to actually let go of your old identity. For a lot of people, that idea of letting go of who they once were also includes letting go of friendships that are no longer serving you, letting go of jobs that aren't serving you, letting go of um, health choices. So there is an element when you first start self-development, in my opinion, where you have to almost walk alone. You have to give up your comfort zone, give up what you once knew. And I think a lot of people don't start the the journey of self-development because there is some type of having to give up and walking into the unknown. It's what I always say though, and this is something that I have lived, I would rather be a lone wolf than be around people who really don't have my back. And if your intuition is spiking and peaking when you're around certain people or you, they're, you know, as this coined term is, you know, you're starting to notice a little bit of lack of uh, realness or two-facedness, you can't have those people on your team. You can't have those people on your tribe. So you're going to have to shed your skin like a snake. There may be times when you do have to walk alone. But the more that you get to know yourself, the more you're going to manifest and attract some real ass people. 
So I would say that with self-development. With my journey, one of the biggest things is I'm an optimist. So I believe in the beauty of life, in positivity, because what you vibe, you attract. So I had a really negative mind. I My automatic thought processes were often very negative. I was very down on myself a lot. I didn't trust other people. I... I just remember like really coming to this conscious awareness, gosh, maybe like when I was 20 years old, so a couple years, quite quite a few years ago, um, and just being like, wow, like I am so negative and really having to work on those positive affirmations. When I started to work on my negative thoughts, it actually lifted some of the darkness just right out of me. So that's something that I would definitely recommend. Putting those quotes around your house, having something on your phone to remind yourself, like, you've got this, whatever that might be. We really have to work on our mind. And yes, our mind is like a wild stallion that we need to be able to, to grasp and and be able to catch. But once we catch our wild stallion mind through intentional training and practice and kindness and compassion, we're going to learn to have that bond with that with our minds. So you can gain control over that. And all it takes is intention. In the beginning, what I found for myself is I was going through the motions of positive affirmations of of really trying to look on the positive side of things. And a lot of times I didn't believe it. So what I had to do was just keep doing it. The more and more that you do something, the more and more it's going to stick in your mind. I would say one of the biggest things that I've noticed that's different about me is that a lot of times my mind is actually really kind to myself. So if I catch myself thinking, damn, I should not have fucking said that or damn, I was super vulnerable with this person. Whatever that might be, I catch myself like, Mel, you did the best that you can. You showed up to that starting line. So I've become a little bit more kinder to myself. So with self-development, you're gonna need to sh- you may need to shed your skin, shed what you thought you knew and walk this life alone for a while. And then B, you really need to work on learning to train your mind And as all my athletes know, as a lot of people know, to learn something, it's all about repetition. It's all about repetition. It's all about continuing to show up to the starting line of life. I love you all. I hope that you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. And I've just been so grateful for all the comments. And if you have any questions for me or anything that you'd like me to talk about, I would absolutely love to do that. I am trying to figure out a way how to bring people on here because I love listening to other people's stories and I know that you will too. So if that's something that you're interested in doing, you can hit me up on Instagram. I think you can also hit me up here. All right. I love you all and take care.